This episode of the We Are Birmingham podcast is sponsored by footygreets.com. Hi, it's Paul Devlin here. I heard your force field here. This is Neil Dans. Rowan Vine here. Birthday, wedding, anniversary or any occasion. Personalised video messages from your favourite footballers. Footygreets.com. Hello and welcome to the We Are Birmingham podcast. I'm Chris Golding. I'm Matthew Elliott. Nice uh, bank holiday weekend, mate. It was, uh, it seems a long way away now, but yeah, it no, was no, nice. No, it doesn't. For, 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 <laughs> it, it, does. only, it was only Monday it, yesterday. It like, does. Do you, I've, do you know what? But it wasn't, it was Tuesday yesterday. But it felt like Monday. Do you know what? The bank holiday weekends really fuck you up because on a Friday, it feels like Saturday. On a Monday, it feels like Sunday nights. And then you've got these extra days in between and it's all just bamboozling. But and it's all been a bit of a weird year anyway, so yeah. it kind of makes it even more confusing. Yeah. Did you have a, a good weekend? Did you do much? Obviously watched the game Friday. Um, yeah, no, not really. Saturday, my normal, as you know, long run on a Saturday. Just, just chill, chill chilled out with Sunday. family. And then uh, had a like did have a bit of a catch up with some of my friends back um, in North Ants on Zoom and a few beers. Which... I saw you having a sing song as well. <laughs> oh, did you see that? Did you? Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I was uh, extremely rough on Sunday. I don't think I actually. That's the first time I've had a drink since the end of January. And um, yeah, I don't. I, I was quite worse for wear all day Sunday. I think I actually managed to get up and eat and move around probably around six or seven o'clock Sunday <laughs> Sunday evening. So I had a lot of points to make up on a, on on bank holiday Monday. But, uh, that was all right. Uh, obviously, you, you guys obviously had a game, didn't you? So. Yeah, well, we had the game on on Friday night or Friday afternoon, wasn't it? It was Monday, no, it was Friday night. Friday the uh, seven seven eight. Oh, fucking whenever it was. See, I've just completely lost it. I just it was definitely lost. an even on Friday yeah, night, it yeah. It was, on, it was on Sky. The others played in the afternoon, then we played on the evening. Um, so we picked up the win there. Then WAB, the Blue Supporters team, played on, on Saturday against Warsaw and beat them 4-2. Um, lovely to get back out there and, and kick a ball about for a bit, to be fair. It's, uh, then had a, a few cheeky beers afterwards. Socially distanced. Um, but yeah, it was a, uh, it was good. It was a uh, nice weekend, and then Sunday was just very much chill. Yeah, just I needed chill. that break. I'd, I'd work had been pretty mad lately, and I think just like that extra few days was was quite nice. But it went way too quickly, and it's got a mountain of work to get through again now. But hey, so then such is life. Yeah. So then we had the, the bank holiday weekend and then Blues played last night. I tell you what, before we say anything, let's hear some 15 second opinions. Let's do it. 15 second opinion. How's it going, guys? William Wright Heatley here, American Blue Nose. Oh, fantastic win today. Great, great tactics by Lee to get them all jazzed and going. Scotty with the... Uh, Converted pen right at the death there. Huge, huge three points. Six points clear of the drop. Uh, tough for Juki to be missing it in the first half. We probably should have been 2-0 two, two up, but we played really, really well. Um, we go again next time out. Great job. Keep right on, lads. Keep right on. Great win from uh, Boria. Like, the team just clicked perfectly. They, they knew what they were doing and everything. They've just got that bonds together which they didn't have against Karanka. I'm really confident now that we can survive and I'm looking forward to the transfer window and next season. What a win. Great result. Juki, maybe stay off the penalties, you're not the best at them. Nevertheless, a 1-0 win is a win all the same and what a, what a clean sheet for the defence as well. That will give Efferidge so much more confidence going into the final few games of the season. Come on you blue boys. That defensive performance tonight was absolutely outstanding. It was what we should have been getting and what we expected to get under Karanka, but after the first handful of games, we never did. He lost the dressing room early. Bowyer's got it back. The players believe in him. You can see that. He's getting an extra 10, 20, 30% out of all of them. It's really good to see. 
how far this brand of football will take us in the long term remains to be seen, but let's not worry about that for now. We should be good to stay up. Seven points from four. We'd be lucky to get a single shot on target in four games with Karanka. Great performance tonight. The blows work really hard, but a 0-0 draw will take the points. Well, on Saturday, it's all looking very positive. Keep on. Great point from the boys tonight. Thought they looked really composed in the first half. A little shaky in the second half. I think seven points from the last four games is a great result. Still struggling to see what Liko brings to the team. He seems to look all over the place. Absolutely brilliant start from Boja. Seven points from 12 against top six sides. Completely different challenge now. Can we score goals against ordinary teams and can we carry on being defensively as good? Let's see. Lee, 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 Boja. Lee, 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 Boja. So there you go. Lee Bowyer, got them all jazzed. Got them all jazzed. Got them all jazzed and they were well <laughs> up for it. But yeah, I, I, mate, I, I think the positivity is, uh, is definitely there now. I think there's, there's I mean, I, I predicted a 2-0 a win. I was that positive about the, that how things had been going. I maybe got a little bit carried away and thought that we, we might nick it. And, and to be fair, there were opportunities. Should we, do you want to go back to Back to the Swansea game first and, and work our way through. Yeah, make it makes sense to uh, start at start at Swansea, I think. Yeah. So I think curveball for a lot of people that uh, first and foremost that he went three at the back with um Seddon coming in as as a left wing back. So it, I think it's sort of matching up to, to to play Swansea, which I think for the most part worked. Uh, I thought we absolutely starved them. And when you look at the stats, I think with more attacking touches or more touches in the opposition box than they had. Um, more shots on target, more shots and more shots on target, didn't we? I think. Definitely so, had more shots and more shots on target. They, they yeah. had more yeah. possession, but it was probably in their own half a lot of the time, or in and around the, the middle of the pitch. I think for me, I, I thought we played very well. It, it wasn't, Always the prettiest of football, but did it need to be? We we did a job, didn't we? Well, the, I mean, someone touched on it there with just the brand of football. Like, obviously, the brand of football is better than what we were seeing a few weeks ago because we're playing with more purpose now, and it's not it's not a hoof ball. It's called it's being we're still being direct but you know it's purposeful it's getting the ball into dangerous areas and creating more chances even if for the half chances all it takes is for that ball to drop or you know to have a funny bounce you know, it creates that chance or even the first penalty uh, you know that came from like, ball, ball into the box and you know Lecker sort of running across the face of goal maybe not even really going anywhere when, it, when he got caught for that for that pen but you know it, the more the, the, the more you get the ball into the box, the more you're going to create problems for yeah, for, for the opposition. Uh, and I think it's quite clear that you know that is that is one of the, the game plans: just get that ball into the dangerous areas, and whether it's by you know going direct or playing because we have seen some nice phases of football as well. Yeah, um, I, I, I made that point. I think it was on Twitter or maybe on the forum the other day that we have gone very direct now. But that doesn't just mean that we're just playing a long ball to Duke and playing yeah. off him. We, along with playing the ball forward, we're also making some nice little moves and trying to work the ball. And there was there was a couple of times last night that we tried it. So we well, used it, to see it's not just it's not just long ball. It, it, we are still playing as well. <laughs> well, you'd, you'd obviously uh, a lot of the time under under the previous manager, you would have seen. Roberts or Dean just smash it forward at some point. We're actually seeing now those two are kind of trying to play it out a little bit more. Okay, if it go, the full backs not be knocking it up the wing potentially um, when, when we played for the back or um, trying to work it into midfield, but then it's being dropped into the channel for Hogan or Lico to to run on to and try and cause cause problems and you know we're tra- we're finding that space between the lines uh, on, on those occasions and we are we are causing issues you know it, it's not the prettiest but I, I think at the moment these these next few games just don't don't have to be it's really not about being pretty it's about 
grinding out results. But what you can say is we've absolutely deserved the points that we've picked up so far. And maybe even been a little bit unlucky against against Watford when we when we lost again against them. Yeah. Maybe not just maybe unlucky to have lost three nil as opposed yeah. to, to to lose the game. But it's a complete it's completely different. The belief in the team, they know they all know what they're doing. They've all seemed to sort of just completely perked up. They've been jazzed up finally. You know, it's just there's there's, there's obviously just a, a clear belief in what he is laying out for them to do. Someone did mention like kind of brand is the brand of football sustainable beyond this season? Well, why wouldn't it be? Yeah, you know, I think he's been pretty clever to nullify the opposition threat. But also to keep us, to keep our game plan in place to cause your position problems. Now, both of those two things can exist at the same time. It doesn't have to just be one or the other. Whereas, like, and before you just look at the previous manager, I'll try not to say his name. You may notice that. <laughs> uh, that it was all about trying to stop your opposition playing and see if we could get a lucky set piece yeah. or you know there's, something there's a definite balance now isn't there and I've, it, yeah i've got notes on it to talk about but you know what it might be a good time to bring you up now actually so i'd written down about the someone mentioned the clean sheets we've had two clean sheets in the last two games and the brilliant yeah. defensive performances but for me i think there's less emphasis on defending we're doing we're defending much better but we're not having to defend for as long periods which in, well, if you're in the opposition half a, more often than you used to be, that, that, that's, yeah, they're that's going exactly to have less point. opportunities to, to score, aren't that's they? That's exactly so. my point. So, And it's not relentlessly having to defend. We are getting the ball forward. We have that breather in between, and then it's come back, defend, brilliant defending, get it forward again. Yeah. It, it won't, we won't always... I mean, the, these are the toughest games that we're going to have for the rest of the season as well. I mean, I know that you've got Rotherham, who are scrapping around at the at the bottom for their lives but now that's you looked at those you before these four games that have just gone you look at them and you think fucking hell we're in shit here mm-hmm. and we've come away and we've taken seven points from 12 well everyone was everybody in the media uh, was saying was talking about how tough our running was yeah well that is the tough part we've just done the <laughs> tough it the, the, the tough the toughest the toughest part however we're blues. <laughs> when it comes to the teams that you're expected, expecting to lose to, we always up our games. Now, I think it might have been mentioned in the in the 50 second opinions, but can Boya get them playing against teams that we're thinking that we've got a chance against? Well, I think we've. I think this evidence suggests that we probably we probably can. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think there definitely is, and 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 at worst, we'll come away with you know a draw against some of these teams what we're quite lucky with in and we'll probably go through this as we, as we in the coming weeks is there's a handful of teams we're going to be playing between now and the end of the season that have got absolutely bugger all to play for like they're pretty much you know uh, the phrase on the beach like, that is they're the perfect teams to be playing around now because yep. they just they just there's not, they've got really haven't got anything to play for other than pride so you know that I think that sets us in good stands us in good stead. Um, but back on back onto Swansea, it was I think he pretty much got everything everything right. Uh, I saw the, a few the, apart from the penalty taker. Yeah, well, that <laughs> I just I mean, as soon as I saw him step up, I was just like, no, yeah. no, that well, was he, one of our shots on target as well, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> he's had um, he's had, had six pens since he's been at Blues. Three of them missed. scored, three of them missed. Was it was it three he's missed? Fifty percent, yeah. So that was including the, the one the other night as well. So I think he might have even missed the last three. It, it might have been. Um, had a, he had a penalty against Luton, didn't he, which he scored. So is it not yeah. the last three? Away. Was it away? Would we drew one or potentially? I don't know. He scored that one, but he has. He has he, he's definitely missed a few. And um, he, there's, there's part of me that thinks, you know, you're a bit unlucky because you you've just smashed it down the middle and you expect the keeper to dive. But he's not not the most technical of players. When you've got like 
Tricky Vicky was on. Halalovic was on. Um, surely he can take a pen. Gary Gardner, you'd think he strikes yeah. the ball really well. Gardner, Gardner would have been would would have been my choice. Yeah. And I was surprised that because um, uh, Boya did mention Halilovic, didn't he, about being the pen the the other joint second penalty taker. Yeah. <laughs> just 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 let him have it. <laughs> but you know. Oh, okay. That okay. That was probably the only blot on on that uh, on that performance. I think bringing off Seddon after being booked was probably a smart thing because there's a good chance that he would have been targeted in the second half and potentially got himself sent off. We spoke about before. Seddon is an athletic player, good, very good delivery and very committed. But what he isn't is, is super quick. Yeah. And they they obviously probably would have targeted him. So to protect him like that, I, I think some I saw some people talking about it online saying that um, he would it maybe sort of that might be sort of knock his confidence. But what if he gets sent off? What's gonna what's gonna be worse? Oh, yeah. What's gonna knock his confidence? Well, if he gets sent off and then Blues end up only getting a point or not getting anything anything at all, it was the right decision. Brought on obviously George Friend. Move Pedersen out to left wing back, and you know we we were pretty solid. Gave them a little bit more to think about. Yeah, and the best thing was I was happy to settle for the draw in that game as as time went on. And I was just like, just don't give the ball away in any stupid positions. Don't make any mistakes. Just keep it away from from our from, from our final third. But we kept pushing. Yeah. We kept pushing for for more, and obviously we we got the penalty and. Scott Hogan, which when he even when he stepped up, I was just like, I remember the last time he went to take a penalty, and obviously he missed that one. It was Chal- that was Charlton, wasn't it? I think. Uh, and ironically, I think it was Duke that bailed him out at the end of that, at the end and end of that game as yeah. well, which was a point um, before the end of last season. Um, great penalty, Co- obviously. Cos- Cosgrove wanted it because apparently that's all he did in Scotland. <laughs> Yeah, he was a great penalty taker in Scotland if you look at it. But yeah, I mean, I mean, fair play for Fogan for putting it away, holding his nerve at, at the end of the game and giving Woodman some shit yeah, as well. Not I'm not quite sure where that came from. I know he scored, a, there's only two goals he scored for Stoke were against Swansea and against Woodman, which, because I had a look to see if there's any beef between them, but that's the only thing I could find was that he oh, scored two goals. I'd wondered whether he'd said him. something before it was taken. Probably, um, that's probably what it was. Yeah. It probably was. It, it was probably something based off of his confidence from the previous previous penalty. So, but great penalty. It was, um, yep. yeah, fairly unsavable yep. <laughs> to a point. Yeah. And come away with the win and then move on to the the Brentford game, don't we? Trip, yeah, it was. A trip down into the capital. I was uh, I was unsure what to expect from. I had I had us down to draw, although one all. So um, I guess the result correct, not not the scoreline. But I wasn't expecting us to go in with sort of wing backs again. Certainly wasn't expecting to see Riley McGree play no. play, play no. left wing back. Who, I think there who was did a, a, a few eyebrows that were raised at the. At when when that not so much at the, the starting lineup because I think people were expecting him to sort of be playing left of the midfield. It, yeah, a few people sort of put that out there. But then when it was a wing back, it's like, mm. and then people saying, you know, if Karanka had done this, then he got this stick and this that the other. I mean, I, I, you can under, you can understand that to a point. I mean, it's not he he's not alien to playing out there. He did he'd mentioned previously that it's something that he'd done and he's, he's it, had he played wing back before. I'd never. I, I think he played he played out wide. Yeah. So, um, I think given that he's probably a little bit quicker, um, he can play inside as well. He's probably well, he is technically better on the ball than anyone we've got else that we could put out there that you trust. But he's got the energy. He, he, yeah. he barely played this season, and he was up and down that line all night. Came into middle. He played really well. We spoke about him last week, or was last week or whatever. We spoke about in the twenty threes, and okay, it's under twenty threes, and it's a different sort of level of football. But he was head and shoulders above anyone on that pitch that night as well. And he did a really, really good job last night. Caught out of position a couple of times, maybe. Yeah. Um, but then, and he was being coached from the sideline, which you could hear pretty clearly. But I you know what. I don't. I don't think that 
been so I think that if you're going to sacrifice a little bit of defensive stability and, and try and have someone who can and I imagine that the purpose was probably sort of twofold one that he could bring the ball out with him and, and give us something going forward mm. a, a bit more and the other thing was probably that if they wanted to adapt into a 4-4-2 it was very straightforward to do so which they did into in the second half as well and yeah. they moved out onto the left hand side of midfield so I think it's quite adaptable but I think if you if you're playing with positive wing backs then you're not relying I think this is this is where before we've we've basically been playing with a back five mm. and I think when you're playing with positive wing backs you have to hand the responsibility on to your, your wide centre back to say mm. well you've got to cover that more you've got to protect that more because he's not going to be there to protect it for you and I think that was probably a little bit of the case last night and then maybe that's maybe they dropped a little bit towards the end of the first half to sort of cover for it but oh, I thought he played was, well I thought he played well there was a couple of instances where the ball kind of come across the face of the face of the box as well where yeah, he did a really good job defending. And it I'd be interested to see his stats actually, because I don't feel like he gave the ball away very much at all either. Apart from there was a few crosses into the box in, you know, when he was in the final third that but I mean I don't really I mean it, it is technically a pass, but you know the the they dealt with our crosses pretty effectively, yeah. I thought. Uh, I thought they were really, really good at, at dealing with a lot of the stuff that we put into the box. But um yeah, I thought he was he used the ball pretty well for for the most part, and you know he's he's got pretty good feet, so he can cause a few problems uh, for the opposition. Which, as you say, was probably in the thinking for when going forward. If you've got that in your locker, you, you want to be able to cause your opposition problems, which which I think he did. Uh, I think for me, ultimately, when you look at the situation that we were in four games ago, I think now we've had Reading, we've had Watford, which. You know, it was Watford. They're looking different class. We've had Swansea. But we actually played really well against Watford. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, they, they just look different class and they've held on to a lot of players. Had Swansea. We've had Brentford. They're all teams that are up there and we've taken points. We've taken seven points off them. I think for me, the, the looks like there's a good spirit in the camp. I've heard that everyone's buzzing and that there's a completely different uh, it's, it just feel good it feels good at the moment there's a I think feel good you factor. can tell from the interviews with the players uh, midweek interviews post-match press uh, presses uh, all of that stuff you can just tell the vibe from, from the players and just the tone of their voices and their body language is, is completely different like they all look like super happy yeah uh, with everything and you know we're it's probably worth mentioning here as well that we're getting these results at the moment and playing well and players like Jeremy Bella and Ian Sanchez aren't even getting on the pitch at the moment I think you know, he, Sanchez were, more to, to rest so, his, well, his well, well, hand, he, he, he is he's got he's we're able, a few we're able exactly. to do it yeah. we're, do, we're putting good performances and we're creating chances without the two players that actually we've relied the most on for creativity. Earlier in the season, it was like everything that we had to do came through them. Yeah, I think I lose breakdown, I put some out and it was a very high, I think it was like 60 or 70% of our goals had come fire them whilst they were on on the pitch, which, you know, was quite a worrying stat when you start losing them through injury or, you know, they're just being dropped. But, um, really, really positive. I think everything. Um, and you know we're playing with wing backs and still getting plenty of crosses in it, it, into the box. For, for uh, me, so the, the people are always going to talk about wing backs and the system and whatever. And going back to Karanka versus Boya in this system, I just feel that when you look at the lineup, it's much more positive. It's like last night there were players that can take the ball forward, there were players that can attack. It's two strikers, there's an attacking midfielder, McGree last night, who's obviously can get forward. Colin given a, a little bit more for he wasn't great last night, but he, he can get forward a bit more. Um even Gardner sort of carrying the ball 
we know that he can do. And it, it wasn't just let's sit back and soak it up and have one striker up top. So uh, f- there was all well, there. That's the difference. We were basically playing there with two forwards, like at proper number nine and at number ten. Uh, Lilovic was, I thought, playing as a ten initially, but it looked like he kept drifting out and making that mid more of a midfield three. But yeah. well, that's how the, on w- Blues TV. I think they put the lineup as as that with him on the right hand side. He didn't. Uh, f- for me, uh, he didn't really impact the game enough. No. Um, f- f- for me and whether that is because he was playing a little bit deeper and not just behind those two yeah. you know maybe we'll actually see him play more advanced against maybe a Stoke or when we play Rotherham because we're going to be able to we're going to need to certainly against people like Rotherham and, and Derby we're going to need to be able to try and unlock those those defences well and I think that's when we'll probably see him play further forward whether that's you know every three at the back or whether it's in some form of uh, back to a four-four-two or some diamond. I don't know. Yeah, It'll be interesting to see because what he, what Bowie probably is going to do now is, and you know, we were quite critical of the amount of times we changed formation under under Karanka, but it was a lot of formation changes. It was a lot of personnel changes, and it never really made made any sense. And for those that want to make a comparison, um. You know, the personnel for the most part is pretty much staying the same. We're just kind of tweaking things here and there. And it gives you that flexibility. Like Bowie's done in is change the shape in game to try and nullify a threat and keep us well, keep us dangerous as well. On that point as well, when he's when he's made changes even to the system, um and he he went to a back three and he still kept Peds in the team, but he just moved him back. It's almost mm-hmm. like Rather than changing the whole back line and bringing him and him and him and him in, it's just you make one change. One change. Yeah, yeah, so add, it, add know, it doesn't it doesn't upset the balance of the team too much, and everybody can keep their concentration well. levels yeah. high. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but so, it keep, I think it keeps it will keep the opposition guessing around what we what we're going to do because I don't think Swansea had any clue we were going to line up like that. And, and when, you, when they that say really McGree as well, them. thinking that McGree's an attacking midfielder or a left-sided midfielder. It's like, so what, what's this line-up? What are they doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they tried to target him a little bit as well, but he, he dealt with it dealt with it pretty well for the most part. There's a few hairy moments, but I kind of like it. Um, and, you know, Bo is learning about this team all the time yeah, yeah. as well. He's going to find out more and more about you know, who he can trust, who's going to be more effective in certain periods of the game when, the, when they're under certain, certain amounts of pressure. But, you know, we look, we look a lot better. I mean, and let's touch on it as well. Like Dean and Roberts have been absolutely brilliant since yep. he's come in, and the impact that that has had on Etheridge, I think, for the most part, obviously he had his blip against against Reading in that first game off the uh, off the corner. But I mean, last night was I think that was his. That, I think that was his best game for us. I think yeah. Etheridge last night with claiming stuff in the box, um, timing himself coming out of the box to, you know, to dive at the feet of players. A couple of really, really, or two or three really, really good saves. His kicking is improving. I think it appears to be. I think um, there was just one the, the, odd the, one yesterday, the, but I think, it's I just, think there's it, just less less pressure. And I think confidence in all the players is obviously a big key for them. You, you definitely need, you'll get an extra 10, 15, 20% out of some players just through, just through confidence. Yeah. So before we move on, I'm going to make you nail your colours to the mast here. <laughs> staying up or going down? Oh, I think, we're, I think we're staying up comfortably. I'm with you, 100%. Yeah, I think if we carry on playing in the same manner we've done in these past few games, we will pick up more points than than we won't. And I made a joke about it on Twitter last night saying that we won't lose another game at the end of the season. Do you stand by that? Um, it may have been tongue-in-cheek, but like thinking about it, I mean, what what is there really to be afraid of? I'm with you, mate. I don't know if we'll go unbeaten, but hashtag confident. <laughs> hashtag confident yeah um, just a bit of a shout out to Thomas Frank who, who reckoned we only came we obviously came to get a point and played five at the back last night um, he's I mean 
uh, I think the Brentford fans, if you anyone wants to go onto Twitter and just type in Thomas Frank into their search and just look at all the Brentford fans' comments, um, I think they're all pretty aware that he speaks a lot of nonsense a lot of the time. I think they've all. I think a lot of them have given up on on him because he just he's predictable every week. And you know, I think there's a lot of jokes about uh, he cares more about XG than he does about actual. <laughs> <laughs> actual yeah. results bonus but, points yeah I mean I think it's fairly clear that okay yeah we were looking to nullify Brent, Brentford's uh, attacking threat and for the most part we did that but we caused them problems as well and we, yeah. you know we could have nicked right. it to death what would he have said then and, you know, and so early on we had the best chance of the game Gary Gardner at the post oh god of course I forgot about that it was a very very early could, wasn't it yeah. I could see in your face then that you were like what you want about? It was a tough. It was a, it was a it, tough angle. Hogan did really well. Then I was a very. It was a very tough angle. But you'd you'd expect him to score, wouldn't you? I, I, think, I don't know. I think I, I think I think it is a tough chance. But you know, he, he's hit the post. It's. We, I'd the say, I would say we've got we've had the best chance of the game. There. So yeah, because they had a couple of sort of long ranges, didn't they? And then the 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 one on one the one the one on one was probably their best chance. Oh, the Canos one, yeah. Apparently he's missed quite a few like that this season as well. Wow. I so thought Efrich did well yeah. there as well. He came off his line and he made himself big. What well, all you I, can I do is if that's make on... the angle, the, 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 the area for them to shoot at a difficult one. And, you know, he just, whether or not he Canos panicked or yeah. just yeah, I think lost if, concentration. I think if that's on target though, I think he saves it. So I, I think that's, uh, if you look at the, the angle from behind, I think he saves it. So, yeah. But that's their that's their best opportunity. Um, we at the post, so it's like, yeah, okay, mate. We haven't just come to sit sit and take the point, have we? Because we had the best chance early on. So, and then well, we, clear, we clearly didn't. Yeah, yeah, we, we clearly just, didn't. I think we caused them problems. Um, you know, they had a lot of the ball, but didn't do didn't do too much with it, did they? Thomas Frank, you're full of shit. Hi, we're the Claws on the We Are Birmingham podcast. This is our new single, Time of Our Lives.
you enjoy our podcast, please don't forget to share it on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Let people know that you're enjoying it. And also don't forget to rate and review us on all podcast platforms. If they allow it. If they allow it. Cheers, guys. So I think fans have would would have picked up or seen the news earlier last week with regards to the <laughs> the the stadium being so well not the stadium as such but the actual company that owns 75% of the stadium being sold off <laughs> caught me unaware there with that yeah so it's been sold to the Achiever Global Group, apparently owned and run by a lady called Kang Ming, who apparently is a real estate developer who lives in a fucking shed in a shanty town. Yeah, based on pictures that are found that uh, Daniel Ivory found on a so uh, found online. But uh, street Street View was it? Street View, yeah. Um, Bit of a weird one. Uh, obviously, it doesn't. In the grand scheme of things, it means nothing for us financially. We're still going to be paying a load of money for a stadium every month that you know doesn't isn't fit for <laughs> isn't fit for purpose. I, th- uh, I think a, a few people sort of said as well. Could this be this will, with what comes in later? Could it be to do with the embargo thing and that the club have sold it again? Which they can't because it's not theirs to sell anymore. So it's that. I, I assume. They yeah, can't. you can't. You, 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 <laughs> you can't, can't sell the stadium and then done. sell it again. No, that was a that was just a paper exercise, wasn't it, to help with uh, with finances? That's obviously not the case anymore. But seventy five percent gone to this Kang Ming, who uh, appears to be some form of has put some form of connection to the elusive Mister King. The other twenty five percent of the the company is owned by Oriental Rainbow, who's owned by Von Peck, I think, or Von Pick, and also has some form of connection to to Mr. King. So, yeah, um, that's one for, for Daniel to explain to people. If you read his articles online, you'll uh, find that on our, is it Almagir.net, is it? Um <laughs> Everyone knows who he is anyway. He's more popular than us, so, does, so I'm sure people know where to go. Find out a little bit more. He breaks everything down for us, and there'll be obviously be some more details on there. But I don't really know what it means for us in, in the long run. I think a lot of people have like this. It's just like instant fear of dread, and it is it is kind of concerning because we don't really know a lot about, about these people. But in the grand scheme of things, has a lot, has much changed. Um, who's going to be paying for the stadium repairs? I'm more bothered about. Like, yeah, there there is that. But then there's, I think there's my my reaction when they f- originally sold it was that we're going into dodgy dodgy ground with regards to owning this, having somewhere to play, having seen what was going on down the road with Cov a, a similar sort of time, mm-hmm. and now. It's not even owned by, so still connected, it seems, but it's not even by the stadium company, which is the same group. It's now someone completely different in the Cayman Islands or whatever. And I'm telling you, someone is having a fucking laugh at us though. So we've gone from trillion, trillion trophies to Achiever Global. I mean... This is Birmingham City for fuck's sake. <laughs> Someone is having a laugh at us. There's going to be another company that takes it over at some point, like Champions League Group or something ridiculous like that. It's going to happen. That's that's the next one next year. Another one of King's mates. I'm, I'm still. I just it 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 concerns me. I mean, you know. I, what is what's the lease on it? Was it ten years and then it dropped down to I can't I can't remember. It was a week ago. It's a long time. Um, was it four years? Well, I've got. I can't remember on the, on on, no. on 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 the lease. But the, 
just it, what happened. It, it, the I, problem is, it's, I think it was. I think it was maybe ten years, but then there was a renewal, not a renewal, a, a review after four years or something. I, I'm going to get this all wrong, but there's something like that. And the worrying thing for me is, what if they just turn around and say, "No, you can't have it anymore." And there's always that. There is always that concern, isn't there? I think the one thing in um, that we can say is that it's all kind of everything is kind of owned, although it's some very cloudy, murky web of deceit by pretty much the same same group of people, or with the same controlling hands uh, a, a, a puppet master if you want um above it all um obviously the worry is that and you know when the club is separate from the stadium you know that's mate uh, we don't know what whatever's going to happen with with the club actually being sulfur down the line you know nothing there's nothing ever lasts forever does it but it just makes that a more convoluted process as well that you're yeah. going to have to buy a stadium. X and, and <laughs> Y and stadium that isn't fit for purpose as well. So, of course, you've got, um, I think, some alarm bells there for some people with the Kangming thing. It's obviously supposed to be a real estate developer. Is she going to want to build a block of flats on here in a casino or something? Like that? <laughs> or just, you know, some fair, sort I wouldn't of... wouldn't mind uh, a casino. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't. Um <laughs> But you know, and I don't. I don't think that is going to happen. Um, first and foremost, we just need to get the repair sorted. I know they can't do it now, obviously, because you, know, you need to be able to be pitch side access to do it. So it's going to have to be done in the summer, providing it does get done in the summer. Hopefully, all fans will be able to go back into it next season. But well, here's the thing as well: if it, if they need access pitch side, and they don't get it finished by the end by by when the season starts. Bear in mind that we, if we give ourselves the maximum time, do you know what I've just thought as well? We're actually renting out the pitch over the summer. They put that thing out that you can hire the pitch. There's tournaments and that, so work's not even going to be able to start then. That is a very good point. Actually, I I'd forgotten about I, that. I hadn't yeah. even thought about it. But so if they need to get pitch side, they're going to have a very tight window of when they can start. Assuming that they play every friendly either at the training ground or away games Mm -hmm. they're going to have that window and then if it's not done by the time the season starts what are they going to do then? Play in half a stadium and have another another season without without fans or not without many fans bit of a concern Mm. fucking hell anyway let's move on Let's was, move on. So what, was, so, what, so what else have we had? What else is going wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Ladies team? Is that the next one in line? Uh, yeah. Oh, yep. team. They've uh, sent in a letter to the board of directors complaining about the situation, something about the, the training in the porter cabin and... Yeah, I mean, the, it, it, the basically working, working conditions, isn't it? And, yep. You know, um, there's obviously more going on there as well. Uh, As the news reporter on Sky mentioned something about it as well, said there there is more behind the story at the moment, but they've kind of left it at that. And, you know, the club hasn't really responded as far as I'm aware. Um, Now they're saying, you know, we're in breach of some some form of some form of issue with, with, with the league as well. Um, there's a suggestion that, and obviously we don't know if this is true, that actually they could end up pulling the pulling the, the women's team, which, you know, I'm not sure if that is true or not, but there's some whispers suggesting that, you know, it doesn't, they don't, they don't see it as important any form of important or yeah. any form of like a positive investment which would be a real real shame especially with the tv money and whatever that's supposedly be going to be coming from that in the next couple of years it's yeah they're meant to be giving it a real push aren't they so well, bbc be... and sky have both got games haven't they so it it makes sense for them to stay in the uh try and stay in the league 
in some form. And then received that uh, investment from from the TV deal and and build on it. But I, I think they've made fairly good strides over the past few years. And then, it, much like you know, the uh, the men's team has just been poorly run. Bad decisions. Uh, to be fair, when they when they bought Thomas Franken to manage the the women's team, it's all just <laughs> gone downhill since then. Hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, what was that? I can't remember her name was, but yeah, Marta very good. Uh, Treasure door. There you go. Yeah. So yeah, that was that turned out to be a bit of a disaster, didn't it? And all all the best players had gone, and they brought in some you know fairly and un- un- well, what I've deemed to be fairly un- unknown players and-, and it was it was like all really sudden as well it was like mass exodus wasn't it that that they left in within a short period of time it was big turnaround it just- comments and players on social media as well just um you would suggest that things weren't particularly rosy it's obviously gone on a long time a lot, a lot like the men's team um you know it's you know and you know and when fans are campaigning and and protesting about about dong it's it's down to stuff like this that's going on like this is this is now visibly making it into the mainstream the the wrongdoings and you know that the club is being run really really poorly it's being highlighted in the press now more more than ever two or three years ago if there's been a problem with the with a women's team that would never have made it onto Sky Sports. It never would have made it into Daily Telegraph. Uh, there's a platform there now where I think uh, this is a people are starting to realise this is a big like the Birmingham has a big problem with the way it's being run. And whilst it is really awful news for a women's team, it can only be a positive for us that it's being highlighted in in mainstream media now. Yeah, absolutely. That, that rolls in nicely too. The current transfer embargo. <laughs> Another one. I mean, I don't. I'm not 100 percent sure that this is uh, the. I don't want to say it's the club's fault. I think this is more of an EFL uh, miscommunication slash administrative error. Um, there's obviously a number of clubs that have gone on to this transfer embargo 10 I think it was 8 or 10 potentially nearly half the league anyway and um, it all seems to just be to do with um, not firing accounts on time and we know there are clubs that are in real like real um, a real bad place financially Stoke Stoke City I think had mentioned that they had made a 90 million or 80 or 90 million pound loss last season obviously um covid hasn't helped things they were still carrying a lot of premier league wages as well as well as as the signings that they made after they got relegated with the parachute payments yeah yeah so that i mean they're they're in a real bad place apparently their embargo has been lifted now but i i I would make the assumption and and again it's another asset daniel ivory has mentioned that you know i think if we file the accounts i think it'll probably probably be lifted I don't believe it's anything for us to be really concerned about what I will say is you've seen a number of clubs come out and give a statement around this to say yep we are under embargo XYZ this is reason why it'll be it'll be problem. and it's and, and radio blue, silence and blues, blues said it's match day <laughs> yeah <laughs> great but, okay and, then, you know, what and, <laughs> and let's right and that's and this is something that we need to uh need to mention so the fact that we've been under a transfer embargo for apparently a month or at least they said i think it started last month now apparently lee Bowyer had had said he he knew nothing about this the first he'd heard about it was when it made it into the press this is very very similar to when we were under transfer embargo before and dong hadn't told monk yep you know now it's a different kettle of fish this time in terms of the reason for the transfer embargo but again it's a communication thing also also clarity and transparency yeah no no I'm with you but I'm not I'm not going to completely buy the fact that Bowie doesn't know or didn't know it might well be true but it's also a way of saying I'm not going to talk about this first I heard about it was today 
it, it might just be that he doesn't want to say anything about it. Yeah, I mean, he, he could have he just might sort have been told, and he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. But you potentially there, um, although he's a pretty upfront and honest kind of guy, isn't he? In terms of with yeah. that sort of stuff, and you spoke about stuff with the, with Charlton in the past, he's been, you know, pretty blunt and to the point with stuff but you know maybe he has just played that a little a little a little differently just to sort of deflect it and didn't want to, didn't want to get into the conversation which you know it's it fair enough but if that isn't the case and he hasn't been told yeah which you know you wouldn't put past, past <laughs> well, no, people no, no, that run no. the place no but i don't think it's anything to worry about in in the lot in in the long run i just think it would have been nice if you know we could have just nipped it in the bud pretty quickly with some form of the, club statement the biggest thing for me Again, is that the EFL? For me, this this should be there should be clarity here, and the EFL are turning around after this report comes out. We'll be making no further comment. We're not going to reveal the teams. There's no further comment. For me, the EFL it needs to be much more transparent, and they need to when something happens, it's there's an announcement. This is the situation with this club. Fuck like trying to keep it all under wraps because it comes out anyway and it, it blows things up. Just make it clear. Dan also made a really good sorry mate. Dan also made a really good point that the EFL are putting these clubs under embargo when they themselves have been late to file their accounts. Well they apparent <laughs> I think they have they apparently had took advantage of the uh, three month yep. uh, extension but didn't apply it to the clubs, yeah, yeah, which you know is a pretty embarrassing state of affairs. They don't so, cover themselves know, in glory. They? <laughs> they, they, well, we said before they they don't. They're they're pretty, they're pretty embarrassing. Yeah. Um, and they need to be, you know, I think governed a little bit more differently by you know you just they. It's just not. It's just not. It doesn't. They're not run like a professional outfit. I've got, you know, do you know what? I, I completely forgot to play it. We should have done this for the EFL as well, shouldn't we? <laughs> and it, it's kind of it's kind of like ties into something that I see read in or on Twitter today about the latest Derby County takeover as well. A uh, few, few of you may remember me mentioning Eric Alonso, who was apparently or allegedly advising Dong during the, the January transfer window previously been an advisor to Chancery at Sheffield Wednesday supported them on uh, recruitment players uh, managers in fact as well uh, for how to bust up with Chancery wanted to try and buy <laughs> Sheffield Wednesday or um, head up a consortium to buy them he, he is now uh, heading up a consortium with all the Alonso group to buy Derby County after their well, they had the, did they have some form of shake that was trying to buy them and Saudi, also Saudi and, guy, was it? So, yeah, an American company that were trying to buy them all fell through, and it's now they're saying that this Alonso has had a um, you know his, his deal has sort of been ratified to take over the club and a bit of a chance by the sound of it. It'd be, it'd be interesting to see how far that down the line that goes, but the EFL again have let it go that far. Wonder, uh, uh, wonder how this is going to affect our scouting. Yeah, seeing as he's probably our Spanish recruiter, one of our one of our outsourced recruitment team. Mm. Is he going to try and sell us players from from Derby, Derby County now? <laughs> take, take <laughs> That's his money making scheme. <laughs> yeah, but tough luck, mate. We're on a transfer embargo. <laughs> <happen. laughs> Uh, yeah, whether or not that cat, I, I thought it was worth bringing up in, when we were talking about the EFL not being fit for purpose and just this guy that's bouncing around club to club. He, he feels a bit like uh, the Palladini effect, you know, the, the the guy that's tried to buy about four or five different championship clubs. I know there's another one um, whose name I can't remember. I think he tried to put, buy Bolton a few times as well and that kind of went by Bassini, was it? Or something like that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it that just feels well. like another. It feels like another one of those. Um, who in their right mind would want to buy a football club? You know, I just especially I at the moment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you, you need to have your head tested, if you ask me. But you know, each to their own, and that's only going to end in disaster, uh, which is not a bad thing considering where Derby are in the league right now. So hopefully, it's a nice distraction that uh, sends some plummeting down 
down the league along with Huddersfield and they're a nearly awful goal difference. Right then, a little look forward to Stoke this weekend. Yes, very mid-table-y Stoke City. It looked like they were in they were going great guns earlier on in the season, didn't they? And kind of tailed off a I'm, little bit. I'm not going to lie. I've, I've not paid any attention to Stoke because they, they've just sort of been neither here nor there, have they? Well, they were pretty, they were pretty awful for a little while. Michael O'Neill came in and kind of like, they've stripped out loads of players and they kind of steadied, steadied the ship a little bit there. I mean, they're not... They're not a million miles away from the playoffs, but it's probably it's probably a little bit too difficult for them to to get in there now. They've been a little bit inconsistent. Their, their um, last few results, they've they lost to Millwall on Monday. They beat Bristol City two nil yeah. on Friday. Um, beat Derby one nil. Drew with Cardiff. Lost to Middlesbrough. So yeah, very up and down. <laughs> No, there's a mixed bag. Yeah. Looked like they mostly they mostly been playing three at the back. I think so. It, it wouldn't surprise me if we kind of line up the same again. Um, it'd be interesting to see w- w- what we do. I, d- I wouldn't even like to hazard a guess at the moment. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if you want to keep the same sort of team, but ultimately, I wouldn't be surprised if you want to go a little bit more more attacking. It might be that we see the more attacking formations against. You know your derbies and your and your Rotherhams. You know the games that could really push us up the table in terms of away from the team teams around us. Um, but I, I mean, I go into that game against Stoke pretty confident. They've got nothing to play for, really. I know they still have got a, a very small chance of playoffs, but I think even they would, you know. I think even they realise that they probably haven't got a chance of, of really getting in, uh, sneaking in. So, well, they're on they're on fifty five points, and they're eleven points behind Reading. Ten or eleven points, aren't they? But off the playoffs, I think so. Eleven. So, yeah, they're, they're pretty much uh, what six games to go. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're they're not mathematically out of it, but they are out. They are yeah. out of it, aren't they? It's a very yeah. very slim chance. There's a lot of things that have to drop their way. Uh, they're probably um, already planning for for next season now. So on the beach, confident. No, on the beach, <laughs> on the beach, socially distanced <laughs> but, on the beach, and, and only in the UK. You can't go and only in the UK. <laughs> um, are, you, are you confident? <laughs> I've, I've, I'm super confident at, at the moment. I like going into every game. I went into the Brentford game thinking that we might win it. So I've, I'm going to go into Stoke and think that we'll win. And do you know what? It's going to be the return. Prediction. The return. Three nil Blues. <laughs> I think at some point we're probably going to we're probably the, due to do that to somebody. You know, but think this, between now and the end of the season. This is the game. Um, I would like this because what I might do is I've got one of my clients um, is just a massive Stoke fan might try and uh, arrange a video conference with him next week <laughs> after, <laughs> if that does happen True. then he'll probably say no I'll maybe do it beforehand <laughs> and then cancel it if we get beat um, yeah I, I'm not going to go I'm not going to go 3-0 three, three but I do have... think okay. I do think we'll win Um I think we're probably a little bit more open at home. Potentially, we could end up conceding. So I'm going to go. I'll go two-one Blues myself, and I think we'll probably. I think you're not, we'll going, probably you're not going for a third clean sheet on the trot. No, because I do. I do think. I do think we'll concede. Wow. Well, um, yeah, I'm disappointed in you now. I'm sorry. So you're going two-one. I'm going to go three-nil. I'm sticking it. I'm. I'm. I'm back there now, and. This might even, if this doesn't pay off this week, I might carry this through to the end of the season now. Well, why not? They've just got, they've just got a handful of like decent players that, that, that do concern me a little bit. But I think like obviously Nick Powell is a, is a pretty good player. I feel, I feel like um, Fletcher 
has scored against us a few times in the past as well. So he would he would probably bother me. They've got the uh, the kid that they got from Barnes as well, haven't they? Is it, um, Brown, who looks who looks quite a talent. So I'd be yeah, I, but you know, I think given the last few games, I'm pretty confident that we'll that, you know the home form looks like it's turned around now. Uh, I, I feel like we'll, we'll definitely get a result from this. So whether it's 2-1, 3-0, 1-0, I don't care. Let's just get those three points. And I think we're, we're very, very close to staying up after, yeah, after I, that. So. I think two two wins, I think now, between now and the end of the season. I think seven it? points is, which will be enough, but um, we're probably going to get... How many more games have we got left? Six. So we'll get 18 points. So yeah, that's fine. Now, just before we go, um, sadly, just over a week ago, um, the Blues family lost a big Blues fan. You might have heard him playing uh, as Jack the Biscuit in the happy abode down the Blues. Massive Blues fan, Darren Phillips. Um, We've had permission from friends and members of the band that we can play Instead of playing our theme tune at the end today, we can play his song. Um, just wanted to pass our condolences to his family and rest in peace, Darren, and keep right on. Keep right on. Last train. 